Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Caught up earlier today with Nicholas Matasek. He is the exchange's youngest CEO. They're two days old. Uh, so you should be looking for Snowline Gold Corp. Uh, interesting story. They've rolled some assets into a uh, shell. Um, those assets are up in the Yukon. I've got seven of them. We talked to them about the fundraising process they've been through, how they're going to spend their money and what their focus is going to be, more importantly, for shareholders. If you want our thoughts and opinions on that conversation, the company uh, itself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. We can also find detailed company reports and analysis, commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of companies and commodities. Uh, really insightful stuff. We've got training courses on there to help you with your own diligence process. And we've done summaries of interviews that we've done just to save you some time because we know you're busy. And there's also a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, friendly, safe environment, free from trolling and abuse. Now, if that sounds nice to you, and I hope it does, please join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Nicholas, how are you doing, sir? I'm great. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Thanks for joining us. First time we've spoken or, or heard this story, so I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, so where in the world are you? Let's start with that. I'm in Vancouver currently, uh, visiting family and friends. Beautiful. Nice part of the world. Not well. Nice weather. Beautiful. Of course. Where, where's, where are you visiting from, actually? I live in Toronto. Right. Uh, right downtown. So it's Nice to get away and see some greenery for a change. Oh, totally, totally. I totally understand that. Anyway, um, well, I appreciate you coming on. Um, you have the privilege of being the youngest company that we've ever interviewed. How old is your company? Uh, well, this is now our second day of trading. There we go. Uh, we, <laughs> we launched yesterday. <laughs> right. Congratulations. Um, Congratulations. Yeah. Big Thank moment. You. Uh, we started trading under the symbol SGD, uh, Sam Golf Delta on the Canadian Stock Exchange. Um, opened at 30 cents, up at 60 now. It's been a great ride already. That's right. Day two, though. I'll, I'll, I'll keep I I'll, know. I'll keep your feet on the ground. Don't you worry. It's day two. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, well, like, um, just a favor. Can you start off? Give us a one-minute overview of what it is that you are, and then I'll kick off with some questions for you, okay? Sure. Um, Snowline Gold is a, obviously a gold exploration company focused on the Yukon. Yeah, but, Amazing land package, 67,000 hectares across seven projects. Um, we're in the right part of the world. We have the technical team who can execute. And there's some other great projects, um, million ounce deposits in the area, and we're hoping to do the same thing. Beautiful. Okay, brilliant. So we better start off with um, the team, okay, because this is a new company. You've got some pretty big names on the board, advisory uh, as well. Um, so do you want to talk us through who, who the kind of key players are for you? Who's supporting you? Uh, I'm supported by, well, first of all, my father, Paul Matissic, is uh, our lead advisor. He's had a lot of success in, in the industry. He's currently the CEO of Goldex. He sold five companies over the last 13 years for almost $2 billion. He's uh, got a great track record. Uh, the Snowline portfolio was put together by a father-son prospecting team, um, Ron and Scott Birdall. Scott is our COO, uh, great experience in the area. Another advisor is Quentin Henney, uh, who's been involved with a lot of other great deals himself. Yeah, no, some some really really um, big names in there. So, in, in terms of the day, the day to day, though, that's that's you and Scott. Yeah, I'm the CEO and Scott's the CEO. I'm handling a lot of more of the 
the public outreach, uh, investor relations, marketing, um, development, and he'll be running the technical program that we're starting this summer. Right. Okay. So uh, we, we, we better get into maybe trying to understand what you've got because it's really early days, right? So understand you've raised some money. Yep. You've raised about what, just over 6 million bucks. Uh, we raised $7.2 million right. over two financings, um, sort of concurrent with the transaction. Uh, fully funds our summer exploration and we have some big plans. You do have some big plans, but you've also got a big land package. You've also got seven targets uh, currently. Yeah. So the, there's, there's a lot to look at. So the seven million bucks, you've got to get focused real quick. So what should we be looking at? Well, we're very fortunate that the projects have been privately held uh, for 30 years before and they've been optioned out and there'd been $20 million of exploration work already spent on these projects. So we have a fairly good idea of what we're working with. The goal is to, we have this huge database. Uh, we're going to do last, like some last mapping, some geophysics, and our goal is to be drilling by the middle of the summer. But what should we be looking at? Because you say you've got a lot of data, and I can believe that 20 million bucks, mm-hmm. you'd, you'd hope so, right? But are you going to be honing in on anything particular? I, what are you going to be talking to the market about most? We have a couple targets that we're going to start drilling. Uh, Mars Northeast at our flagship Einerson project and the Gracie target on the Rogue project, which are 30, 40 kilometers away from each other. Right. Okay. And what do you know about those currently? There's been a lot of surface sampling, mapping, um, great results at surface at Mars Northeast, almost a gram a ton and float on the surface gold. And at Gracie and Rogue, it was 152 grams as the highest surface sample. So amazing results, uh, good geophysical signatures, um, supposedly an intact uh, mineralized caprice or carapace uh, above an intrusion uh, with some high-grade potential. Thanks. Let me understand what the 20 million has been spent on. Was that just about consolidating land package? Has there been any drilling? Was there, was there any there's substance been, to it? Of course. Um, there's been trenching data, large-scale soil sampling, geophysics. Uh, there's been a handful of drilling. Uh, it was held privately by a group that had never really done exploration before. So it was a little bit slapdash. Um, like they just threw a lot of money at the project and never really had the time to analyze what it all meant uh, within, with the trenching and the sampling, uh, mapping, drilling, um, airborne geophysics. We have a ton of information to work with. And now with the, with the benefit of time and, a stronger technical team, we're going to turn that information to results. We attempted at all to kind of keep it private for just a little bit longer so you could actually sort of assess and collate and understand the, the, the data which was already existing. Or do you think that had been done to high enough standard already to allow you to go public? Because the pressure starts. When you go yes. public, the pressure starts. People ex- expect, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the option had lapsed uh, a couple of years ago and it reverted back to the Birdalls. Uh, and they had done a lot of that analysis themselves. Um, S- Scott's a PGO and master's in geology. Uh, he's worked with Quentin Henney to put, de- put together the deposit models. Uh, there's definitely been a lot of work from the exploration to where we are now. Uh, we're pleased that we can hit the ground running, that we have the money to do the work and the targets to hit. Right. It's interesting. Like if I, look, if I look at your dad, Paul, he's a markets guy. He knows how to talk, talk to the markets. 
Um, and I'm sure he's going to give, be giving you good advice as to where you need to be focused. And you've, you've also got people like Quentin who's going to be giving Scott advice as to you know, what they should be looking at in the ground. But you've, you've got to get that balance right. So you've got to focus your capital accordingly. So when, you, when you're looking at the seven million bucks, I mean, have you broken that up as, as in terms of where you're going to be spending time, money and effort? Yeah, absolutely. It's the lion's share is going to go to the flagship projects, Rogue and Einerson, uh, the vast majority, and then just smaller amounts spent on the other five projects: Tosh, Cliff, Ursa, Rainbow, uh, just to to keep them moving along at a, at a decent rate. But the, the sampling and the the mapping and the drilling will all be in Rogue and Einerson. Right. So, so to that point, you've got to show the market that you know how to create value, right? So if you look at Einerson, yeah, you know, what exactly are you going to do? Where are you going to take it from today? And what are you going to come back and next report to the market? Well, it is the Yukon. It's, there's only a, not a short period, but a, like half a year where you can effectively work. It's not the cold. It's unfortunately the length of day. Um, so we'll be ready, like, it be early May, late April, uh, to get onto the ground. We have these targets. We just want to prove out a bit more um, to, to set up the drilling. Um, the geophysics will target the drilling. Um, and of course, that we anticipate some, some good results and we'll use that to, to keep us going for the next season. But what does good results mean to you? I mean, because obviously it's going to be subject to what, what you do. You've got you have to come back, present yeah. that in the, in the best possible way. So what was that? What would you hope that looks like? I hope that we get some high grade gold intersections. Uh, we have some very prospective geology. Uh, we have sort of five key target areas for uh, Carlin style mineralization and the upper reaches of orogenic gold system. It was uh, sort of, it was decent results over 20 meters, um, like half a gram over the 20 meters. Uh, we're looking at something a little bit more perspective. It's been shortened. Um, so you should have higher concentration of gold. Right. And if I'm, if I'm looking at that region, because you talk about, you know, Selwyn Basin, it's elephant country, right? You are, you mentioned earlier, surrounded by some, you know, good names, some, you know, big resources up there. Is that, are they all of that orogenic nature or, or is it a kind of mixed bag? Uh, there's a few deposit types through that Tintina Gold Province. You have uh, reduced intrusion-related gold deposits like uh, Fort Knox, and then you also have deposits like Newmont's Coffee and um, ATAC Resources are probably our closest neighbor, and that's more Carlin-style mineralization. Um, we're fortunate that in our large land package, we have all the potential for all these different types of deposits. Right. Um, especially at, at Rogue, it's sort of this very clear geophysical signature of a re reduced intrusion-related gold system. So who should we be looking at in terms of the work? You know, are you going to be emulating the same processes or, or style of you know, ex exploration as some of the other names up there? Can we look, can we look for a kind of uh, a peer, as it were? Uh, I, the closest analogy at this time is, is going to be attack resources. Um, there's differences in the geology um, and sort of our approach to dealing with the community. Uh, we really want to be work with all our stakeholders and build real genuine relationships. Um, geologically speaking, 
a lot of what they're dealing with is, is dipping and relatively thin. Um, ours is more compressed and like flat lying, making anything we find hopefully more economic to actually extract. So, what, so explain that to me. So there's the kind of the Carlin trend, which is, I guess, relatively well known, is, is what stuff? It's like finely disseminated gold in carbonates as sort of like replacement. Uh, huge bulk tonnage. It's commonly seen in Nevada, uh, like Betsy Post. Like they're, they're massive, massive mines. Um, billions of years ago, the North America looked much different. Uh, and the Yukon is actually much closer to where the, uh, Nevada is now. Um, so it's a similar kind of geological environment. Right. So th there's this whole orogenic component because th there's obviously there's a lot of it around. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of faulting. There's a, there's a lot going on. Um, you have all these terrains being accreted onto each other, um, deep seated sort of intrusions, um, mobilizing a lot of gold. Um, and you see that throughout throughout the district and other million ounce deposits. And, and you've noticed some like some pretty high grade, you know, um, grab samples or, you know, um, I think you, you referred to one here is 25.2 gram, uh, grams of float grab. You're like, that's, I guess, again, is that is that typical of orogenic where you kind of get these high grade veins along with this bulk component? Not as much. We're very fortunate there's these higher grade zones within it. Um, normally, they're all bulk tonnage, but we do have these high grade zones and we're, that's part of what the focus is for early on in the summer is trying to get those because that will be our target for what we're going for right now. Right. Okay. Okay. So, so that's the Einerson Mars zone. The names are fantastic. Why is, why is it called that? I came in a month ago, so I'm not sure. I don't know the entire genesis <laughs> okay. of the names. Right. Uh, there, there are a lot of um, sort of mythological names. Um, Attack Resources has Osiris and Conrad. Um, we have Mars, Venus. I guess they're all, I guess, yeah. planets. Yeah. Even that's Greek mythology itself. Yeah, Greek mythology. I mean, I was, and they're running out of names by then. Um, yeah. <laughs> for, for sure. And so, so talk to me, talk to me about the way that this has been set up because obviously you, there's some pretty big names in there. It's day two, but yeah. you were able to raise the money relatively, was it, well, I'm going to assume relatively easily. This... There was. It's a great time for gold. There's a lot of demand for it. There's a big. The technical team and the advisory team commands a lot of respect. I think people listen when they get involved in something, and they, they have been engaged in it in a very significant way. And I think that the our ability to raise that money, I think, was a testament to that. Right. And reputation. So, 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 when again, I wanted to get into what, so what's in your head in terms of what it is that you set out to do day one. You know, what type of business are you? Are, are we? project generating are we true explorers do you imagine yourselves you know at some point you know doing earning deals jvs etc i mean in terms of business model what are, you, what are you what are you thinking about our goal is to to drill our flagship projects rogan einerson and approve out a resource um, and see where that takes us we have a portfolio of five other projects there's going to be a lot of potential um, to how we per, how we proceed with that, um, whether it's we develop ourselves or we look for partners, um, there's just it, with this package we have a lot of options in front of us. Yeah, yeah you do. I mean, sixty-two thousand hectares worth of, of of options, right? So, at some point you're gonna have to make 
well, continue to deliver value on your on your flagship projects for sure. But at some point, it would make sense to maybe look at how you're going to finance all of this. Um, I get, yes. You don't need to do it anytime soon. And of but, course, we only have so much bandwidth that right. we have to focus on what the important things are. Right. Okay. Um, so, we do have lots of data and it'll be about analyzing that and see what makes the most sense for us. Right. Okay. But I guess what I'm trying, what I'm trying to get at is like that gives we saying, you know, today that it's going to give you some future optionality in terms of money coming in or being able to bring in the right sorts of partners. Um, because it, it's always difficult with kind of as a small entity when you're just starting off. When you, well, you're out of the gate at 14 million, not too shabby, um, you know, for where you're, where you are, but it, it, people need to understand what they're buying into. You know, what, how do you create value? How do you, you know, build this company? And what do you need to do to be able to deliver that value? So, you know, drilling seven million bucks, nice. Um, then what? We're trying to prove out this new gold district, uh, the Selwyn Basin. There's these great deposits throughout it. Um, we have these other sort of secondary projects that we can use. In conjunction with that, we'll we'll, get, we'll create capture that value, uh, ideally through getting pushing them a little bit farther down the line, finding the right partners to come in and to work with, um, and using that money to to create this strong presence in a new district that has great neighbors already. Okay, so where's the money come from? I, mean, I noticed that um, management sitting on twelve percent, insiders eighteen percent. So that, that's not too shabby. Thirty percent. Where's the rest of the money coming from? Institutions and high net worth individuals, right? Is a, a tight network out of out of the gate. Uh, Keith Newmeyer is a, a big part of putting this together. Um, he has great friends, as does Paul. Um, they both brought in a lot of interesting people who love the story and understand the story, understand that potential in the area. Uh, and those are sort of been our, our biggest buyers so far. Right. Okay. So I've got to ask you this. Okay. So you're a young guy relatively young guy, you've not run a public company before, you need to show that you're in control. So to do that, you must have a very clear vision about how you're going to go about growing this company. Do you have that? Yeah, absolutely. I'm fortunate. I've watched my father uh, run public companies for the last 20 years of my life. Um, we have a great set of advisors. And my goal is to keep moving those projects along. We have amazing assets that I need to explain to the market, I need to unlock that value, rely and listen to all the people who have done this before. Um, and it's about managing those expectations. We're going to create this cornerstone or the cornerstone uh, player in this new gold district. And it's about telling the story about all this potential that we have in this area, in our huge land holdings or 62,000 hectares. It's, an, it's going to be unlocking that. It's going to be de-risking these projects. It's going to be proving out the resources. We have a finite amount of resource, financial resources to develop it, and it's about deploying that effectively. Um, and, and being laser focused on, on moving these projects forward. Um, we're, in some ways, we have our seven projects, and it's going to be about focusing on the one that creates the most value for our shareholders. And a part of that is going to be working with the communities that, in which we operate, um, having good relationships and solid meaningful relationships with uh, the indigenous people in the area and the local communities in the Yukon. Um, I'm very happy that we have Scott based in the Yukon. He grew up there. Um, his father, they both lived there for a, 
a long amount of time and they have those local connections. And I think that's really important for operating in the Yukon. Um, it's within Canada, but it's still a unique area and they, it's a lot of local knowledge and we want to be able to use that effectively. No, it's almost critical. I mean, it's, it's not just ESG, you know, these people like to throw that phrase around. It's, you know, you've got to get the buy-in locally for sure. And, you know, I think you're right to, you're right to focus us on that. And, um, yeah, like I say, it's useful. Scott's actually based there. It's quite nice. Yeah, especially during this COVID time. There are currently travel restrictions, a two-week quarantine for non-essential uh, travelers. And having this base already gives us a huge leg up on the competition that we have this technical team there. We, we have these connections to be able to execute on our program. Okay. Well, um, Nicholas, thank you for coming to tell us your story. It's a, it's a, it kind of, we would, we, we're really keen to hear this story because it, it's new. You've literally, you haven't quite started with a clean slate because you've inherited this ton of data and this, all this work that's gone on before. I'm intrigued going to see how you get on. So will you come back, you come yep. back and uh, keep us up to date. Let us know uh, how things are moving. Yeah. We have some exciting developments over the next couple of months and I'd be really happy to come on again and share you more, tell you more about it, the progress and where we're going. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.